When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. So, Lewis Hamilton took his 92nd Formula 1 pole position as he beat Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas in qualifying for the 2020 Spanish Grand Prix. Hamilton had looked strong all day after making what he called some really good changes overnight following Friday practice and he topped FB3, Q1 and Q2 before coming out on top when it really mattered in Q3 to take his fourth pole position of the 2020 season. But it wasn't quite the climax Mercedes usually makes, as both Hamilton and Bottas actually went slower on their final runs in Q3, which they couldn't quite explain afterwards. Max Verstappen also failed to go faster in his last run in Q3, but he nevertheless continued what he called his subscription to third place behind the Mercedes cars and finished ahead of the racing points. Elsewhere, there was another disappointing qualifying session for Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari, while Kimi Raikkonen gave Alfa Romeo some joy with its first Q2 appearance of 2020. Now, joining me tonight is Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith. Luke, what did you make of that qualifying session? It was a bit of a, it was sort of a, a it was both strange and normal at the same time, if that makes any sense. I'm not sure it does. No, but... that's fine. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's, um, no, it, it was a bit of a slow burner, wasn't it? And I think that even in FP3, like it was very, very slow to get going before anyone really went out there. And even at the start of Q1, like it wasn't sort of, it wasn't really split into like everyone going for their runs. Like you saw the Williams just sort of go out and then there was like a bit of a break and then everyone else did. And it was just, I don't know, sort of a bit of a slow burner maybe. And then, yeah, you get to Q3, which is sort of meant to be the crescendo and everything really coming together. And uh, we saw the Mercs, who are obviously so far ahead in qualifying this season. So I think pretty much at every single race, it'll be this, uh, just these basically two face-offs between Hamilton and Bottas on each of their runs in Q3. And um, the second one, we were denied completely. Like, it was just a bit of a, like, oh, they've all gone slower. And then, like, 
everyone else sort of was very hit and miss in terms of improving their times. And uh, yeah, it's a bit a bit of a strange session, but a very familiar result at the end of it. It certainly was. It certainly was. But it was interesting speaking to to Hamilton and Bottas in the press conference afterwards. Why why that had happened as they uh, at the end right at the end of Q three because Bottas actually thought he was on to improve. His dash told him he was up as he crossed the line, and then it sort of adjusted itself when it sort of the system kicks into effect in terms of the distance that he actually had to go to the line, and he he hadn't gotten any quicker, which was which was obviously obviously a shame for him. It was interesting though because he'd been quickest in sector two on his last lap, but it all sort of just just faded away. But again, I think it reinforces you know the difficulties that the drivers are having with those soft tyres they're obviously as we'll come on to discuss they're, they're, they're a better race tyre than have perhaps been been thought coming into the weekend but yeah it was just very very difficult for, for everybody in qualifying so uh, so Hamilton obviously very pleased with his result he was certainly much more upbeat compared to how we found him in the press conference for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix at Silverstone last weekend um, but what's very very interesting is 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 the threat of Max Verstappen behind because Hamilton acknowledged this in the press conference saying you know it's going to be a really really close close race they are a very real threat behind in, in Red Bull and look you you attended the the virtual press conference for Toto Wolff uh, after qualifying and he has basically labeled Max Verstappen as the race favorite yeah he has yeah he out- outrightly said um, that definitely you've got to consider Max to be the favorite uh, judging by the long run pace that Red Bull showed on Friday through practice. And I think that's that that's how things are looking. I mean, as you put in your excellent Friday feature for autosport.com plus, sort of looking at uh, crunching all the numbers. Alex didn't tell me to do that plug either. So um, it was, yeah, you crunch the numbers and it, it, it does look very, very good for Red Bull and very promising. And I know obviously Friday stuff that we have to, there has to be a certain sort of pinch of salt taken with all of it. And, but it is, it's definitely giving some hope that tomorrow we could see a, a much closer race. And I think that, um, Total Wolf explained that even though they're avoiding the blistering issue, which proves so damaging to Mercedes at Silverstone, the degradation is just going to be so high here. He said it'll be pure degradation, basically. So that is, I think, a real issue that all of the teams have got to really grapple with and consider. And uh, yeah, Red Bull, they were so strong at Silverstone in terms of managing that. Uh, Alex Albon said today that they had pretty much negative deck on the tyres at Silverstone last time out. And it's a very different circuit. Obviously, high downforce is probably going to be a lot more challenging. But I think the signs are pretty positive. And uh, yeah, Red Bull, I mean, they've not they've not moved to sort of poo-poo any of this. And Verstappen's not sort of laughed it off or scoffed at it. He's just said, yeah, yesterday was pretty good. Um, and we're looking OK for the race and we'll see how it goes. So uh, fingers crossed that leads us to another uh, great battle between the three of them at the front. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's certainly some very sensible expectation management going on with uh, Verstappen and Red Bull. But, but as you say, Luke, they did look very, very good yesterday. You know, Mercedes certainly, speaking to people at the team there, feel that the you know the, the threat is is very real. As you say, Verstappen quicker on the averages on the medium tyre. Now that 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 is sort of the really the favourable race tyre. So what we can conclude from that is that on Friday at least, because you know the Friday feature on Autosport.com Plus, it's always just a snapshot of the session. It can only you can only really tell what's happened. You know, it doesn't take into account the fact that all these very very clever people all the teams can you know can 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 mean things will change going into the race but it does it does show that again Red Bull are being very, very good on the tyres and it means that they're able to close the gap, the massive gap that's there in qualifying, as you said, and I think will be there for the rest of the season. And hopefully, as you say, that should lead to a close race tomorrow. But what the, the what what uh, what is interesting is that um, Mercedes led the way on the soft tyre pace on the averages there. So that at the time yesterday no one was quite sure how that was gonna gonna hold up but they've obviously looked at everything and decided that actually that's a good tire to start the race on and they could probably eke it out for quite a few laps Pirelli is saying that 
a one stopper is probably just about off because the wear will be really really marginal so you might end up with a British Grand Prix situation where the wear just went all the way down and then there was issues at the end of the race so spectacularly as, as we saw but that's that's why as Verstappen said and you wrote a story for, for autosport.com Luke that's why Red Bull didn't try what it has done so successfully at other races this, this so far this season by going on a harder tyre in Q2. Yeah, so the soft tyre does seem to be holding up a lot better uh, than the soft or even the medium did at Silverstone last weekend. Uh, that it is, it is, it is a good race tyre and that prompted all of the teams in the top 10 to put their drivers on, on softs for Q2. Like nobody tried going for, going for a medium run or anything like that. So it definitely does look like that soft tyre will hold up pretty well. Uh, Over qualifying, a lot of the drivers were sort of struggling in terms of managing it to make sure it was still alive and fresh by the time they got to the final sector. Uh, that very, very twisty twisty part of the track that you need to really get the car pointed in for but I think over the race runs I think they're all pretty content and satisfied with it and I asked Alex Albon about it after the session and said is it just a case of getting that tyre out of the way as soon as possible and he said no like it is a good race tyre he said it, he, he's expecting quite a processional start to the race where you see all of the drivers kind of basically trying to I guess play chicken with each other and sort of edge out the stint a little bit longer and a little bit longer and to see who blinks first and that may end up pushing some of them into trying that risky one stop that I think is uh, a lot of drivers saying looking quite mild for tomorrow but we said the same at Silverstone and then we saw Charles Leclerc and Esteban Ocon they they went for the one stop so I think it's not completely off the table but I think it's gonna yeah make for a very interesting race tomorrow just as the drivers kind of uh, try and get an advantage over one another in that very very close start um, by trying to maybe eke out their stint a little bit. Definitely. I think what Verstappen's got to do is he's got to put pressure on the Mercedes during that stint because that's what's going to be the critical factor, whether they use up their tyres quicker than they are hoping to get to. And then that affects things later on, the knock-on effect when it comes into the latest stints as they move on to the medium tyre. Pirelli actually saying, let me just check my notes, uh, the fastest way on paper is to do uh, two 19-lap stints on the soft compound with a 28-lap run on the mediums, probably in the middle would be the quickest way that they estimate it. But that doesn't take into account how hard all the drivers have to have to push at various stages. And also what can make, make this very interesting is the drivers outside the top 10 benefiting on being able to start on the mediums could well you know throw some curveballs in there this is a track where you do get safety cars we saw that in the formula two race uh, today this afternoon so all of that could could have an effect and obviously it was the early intervention of a safety car that led to such a dramatic finish in the british grand prix um now just just before we move on to to talk about sebastian vettel luke it's interesting uh max verstappen i I thought actually because as he didn't improve on his last run in q3 he left himself slightly vulnerable to the racing points now lance stroll as well was the other driver who didn't improve at the end of q3 but sergio perez did and came very close to to cancelling Max Verstappen's subscription to, 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 to third place, as it were. But um, but yeah, so he, he did what he needed to do. He got third, but he cannot afford to let go of it on the run to turn one, where it's interesting, uh, I note Valtteri Bottas also saying that's, you know, his big chance to, to, to get by Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah, Verstappen cannot afford to drop behind any cars, though, if he, if, he, if he wants to win this race, right? No, definitely not. Barcelona is such a difficult track to overtake on, as, as we know also very well. With the tyres being so tough this weekend as well, being stuck in the dirty air of a car behind that of a car in front, sorry, that's going to be very very damaging. You don't want to be trying to follow cars through sort of the turn three, turn nine, very high speed corners like that's really going to damage the tyres. So I think it's something that everyone is kind of very wary of for tomorrow. And I think in Verstappen's case, like, yeah, if he gets stuck behind that racing point for too long, 
that'll let the Mercedes escape and then that's his opportunity gone really. We saw at Silverstone last weekend, like he, he his race was won basically in that first stint and he started fourth and made a phenomenal start. Um, I actually went to the window to watch the start away from my computer um, to see, see see the grid and like he absolutely flew off the line to pass Nico Hülkenberg and had he not done that, I mean that would have made things a lot more difficult in terms of keeping up with the Mercedes and I think particularly this weekend where they're all on the same strategy, Max cannot afford to lose any time stuck behind Perez or Stroll if either of them are able to get a, a good getaway. But also similarly, I think like Perez, he spoke today and he said that on outright pace, like it's not going to be possible to beat the Red Bull and the Mercedes. But if you throw in a curveball, like if you make a good start and then he's expecting such a race of management, he said, actually, we might be able to get in the running and have a bit of a chance there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be very crucial in terms of deciding how things play out in the race tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, we, we, we wait and see how things will turn out. We hope it will be an easy one. But as this is one of our bite-sized weekend podcasts, we're gonna we're gonna just discuss one more topic tonight, Luke. And uh, yeah, another another Q2 exit, another disappointing day for Sebastian Vettel. Ferrari have changed his chassis. Sounded like they didn't really want to do that in their press release, given the way they explained it. Oh, maybe he hit a curb, and we don't think it's going to make much difference, but we'll do it anyway. See, maybe just uh, maybe just to, to see if that stops the complaints. That's obviously very tongue in cheek there, but uh, but nevertheless, it's all gone wrong again in qualifying for Vettel compared to Charles Leclerc, who 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 didn't have a it didn't have a particularly mega result. You know, ninth, which you know Ferrari, it's sort of a bit up and down, a bit hit and miss. They still don't really understand sometimes why they do quite so well. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably about where Ferrari really is in is in the pecking order, sort of mired in that midfield with Racing Point and McLaren. Uh, hat tip again to Pierre Gasly for getting into Q3, which I think is one of the stars of the season so far. But yeah, Luke, what happened to uh, to Vettel today? It's just another another difficult weekend. Like really, it's not good enough for both Ferraris not to be getting into Q3. And even as difficult as the team may be finding things this season, as much as it may be mired in the midfield, as you say, that there's a sort of standard. I mean, Charles Leclerc, like he said after the session, like he wasn't happy, and ultimately he will only start two places ahead of his team teammate on the grid. But he he was still there, like he still got through to Q3. And uh, Vettel said after qualifying that he said there were still some things he didn't quite understand and didn't really have the answers for in terms of his struggles with with the Ferrari SF1000 car, which we know have been pretty pronounced this season. Like it's been a very very hard start to the year for him. But it's just like I mean, it's just another it's another it's another failed session really. Like he he saw there were there was TV footage of him getting out of the car and uh, walking with his PR and sort of out the garage and and everything like that. And he just looks so dejected and so downbeat. And he's 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 trying to be very sort of matter of fact about everything and say, well, look, I'm trying to do my best and whatever. But it's still like the body language is just also very negative and it is very sort of doom and gloom right now. And I think that's uh, it's really difficult to see. Like ultimately, we want all the drivers to be performing at the peak of their powers and really having a good time of it. And obviously, F1 isn't like that. Like they are all going to go through struggles. But I think for Vessel, like, it's just another it's just another sort of another another sort of chip in the story, really, which is a shame because I think he's a great driver and I think that he does deserve a lot of credit. I think the questions being asked, like, oh, is he really a good fit for Racing Point and things like that? Personally, I think that's still, he's still a four-time world champion and he's still an excellent driver. Um, everyone goes through these sort of dips and struggles of form. Yeah, I just really hope he can pick himself out of it because uh, seeing another difficult qualifying as it was today, it's not nice to see. 
And that could lead to another difficult race tomorrow as well if he gets stuck in this sort of DRS train of cars as he struggled with at Silverstone last weekend. It could be another really hard one for him. Absolutely. Well, as you say, you know, an on an on song, an informed Sebastian Vettel was only an asset to Formula One. But yeah, I mean, let's let's try and end things on a positive note for him. At least he starts eleventh. He can put on whatever tyres he likes. Maybe he could use uh, use an alternative strategy to leap up the order. Repeat what Charles Leclerc did at Silverstone last weekend. But we shall no doubt see tomorrow. So uh, we're going to head off now. Just before we do, I thought a quick hat tip to Kimi Raikkonen. I spoke to to their to Williams Dave Robson, their their, their engineering boss. There, they were very impressed by what that. Uh, what he did in the rival Alfa Romeo to get into to Q2 for the first time. Uh, also, and, uh, and a down note for Esteban Ocon. Raikkonen actually out-qualified him in what was a pretty poor day all round for Ocon after he uh, crashed in bizarre circumstances behind Kim, uh, behind uh, Kevin Magnussen in FP3, which ultimately the stewards blamed neither driver for. So, Luke, thank you very much for coming on tonight. And thanks to everybody for listening along. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis, and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport Podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. However you want to make a splash this year, Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds can help every step of the way. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes crafted with premium supernatural weather repellent materials. The high top uppers are moisture wicking merino wool with puddle guard technology. And the supernatural rubber treads ensure all weather traction so you can jump into anything, rain or shine. Make a splash with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.